Like, does anyone take King Charles seriously? The only thing that Queen Elizabeth had going for her is that she was around for a million years. And so you have to respect that because she's yeah. lived through so much. Yeah. But like, what is this guy gonna do? Yep. Like, he was already a joke. Yeah. Now he's just a joke with a funny hat. <laughs> we hate, I hate him even more. Happy New Year. Welcome back to Till I Say It Out Loud. This week, we finally get to hear Rocky's take on part two of the final season of The Crown. She comes so prepared. She has been so thorough. If you need a good example of what a Virgo rising is like, this is it. So not only does she come with her own opinions, her own thoughts on everything, to prepare to discuss this, she finished the series, went back, rewatched the rest of the series up to this point. So she finished season six, part two, then went one through season five and watched that. Then she made sure to fact check everything she had questions about in part two, season six. And then she reread Harry's book. So Prince Harry's book, Spare. So she's trying to come at it from all angles. And again, if you ever are wondering what it's like to be friends with a Virgo rising, here you go. <laughs> she comes with the receipts and we love her for it. Rocky discusses what the what the show portrayed, what she saw on screen versus what she um, fact checked. And essentially how the narrative was shaped based on what we see on screen and what the creators chose not to portray. So there's a lot of um, critique, a lot of analysis, and why did they choose this when they could have gone with this? Why didn't they choose this? You know, that kind of thing. Everything that she mentions during the discussion is either going to be seen in the visuals or found in the show notes. She has tons of sources. We will link you to all of that that she used. And as you can imagine, there are many spoilers. So if you haven't finished the show yet, maybe come back to this one later on. Uh, it is going to tell you in very particular detail how each episode is framed and what happens and how they've chosen to end the series. So let's not wait any longer. Here we go. A lot more. <laughs> um, now, just to give you a, like kind of a perspective, though, because part one takes place over a span of eight eight weeks, okay. which is the eight weeks leading up to her death. Yes. <laughs> um, part two takes place between the like her death, like nineteen ninety seven to two thousand five. What immediately hurt my feelings. <laughs> Was that part the part one starts with Diana in the car, right, where she's about to die, uh -huh. and then it flashes back to Diana with her kids, like playing music and laughing and singing right. in the car. Part two starts with Charles and Ew. William in the car, Ew. listening to opera music. Oh, that's a. That, that is a, a contrast. Yeah, yeah, it is a contrast. Oh and goodness. I was like, oh, this 
this really hurts our feelings because it's like you just see it's you know it's another way to show to capture her loss but it's also just very hurtful i'm like can we please get out of the car like can we please stop showing stuff in the car because we get it she's dead she's and gone and now <laughs> he has to listen to opera music yes <laughs> and like like you know it does seem like a symmetry like i'm like they're definitely trying to draw lines between this is what it was like with her this is now yeah. what it's gonna be like with him and, and with charles i mean and harry talks about this in his book Charles always really struggled with being able to show any emotions. Yeah. And... And affection. It was very... Yeah. But... And here's the thing about the the series is that even though you see that struggle, there seems like more empathy, you know? And it, again, it's because the actor is so good. Because you re-listened to Harry's book, correct? Yes. So, you know, one thing I thought was really important, especially because um, the creator of the series, Peter Morgan, stated that he did not read or listen to Harry's book. Prior I still to. can't understand that. Yeah. And so I thought that was very odd. And I thought it was very odd, especially because there's definitely a narrative that they tell um, in part two that it makes it seem like oh, it's very telling. It's very Team William. It's very Team mm-hmm. Charles, which is also... <laughs> Who in the world is Team Charles? Yeah. <laughs> which is also kind of... And this is this is another thing. Like, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot. But, you know, well, again, it's kind of like with this being the end of the series... You have to wonder what's the point of this series? How are they yeah. ending the series? What's the message they're trying yeah, to send? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And they, you know, with every, I went back and also rewatched like all the seasons after I watched part two, just because I was like, wait, was I off point here? Because mm-hmm. I always felt like the seasons prior, mm-hmm. there was always a balance of showing. The struggles of being part of the royal family, but also showing their flaws. Mm-hmm. Like, they're humans. Um, and so, it seemed very... There was just... The note in season six, particularly in part two, just seemed very different of... Like, it had turned... It switched. Yeah, it's like, we're leaning. We're going to show the... Like... The humanity of Charles. We're going to show the angst of William and what he has to deal with being the, you know... The new chosen heir. And also show how how similar he is to Diana. Oh, no! Yeah, they make it very clear that they want you to see that William is Diana's son. And that, and then you're thinking, well, what about Harry? What about Harry? It sounds like they had a backbone about criticizing the past, but yep. now that they're in the current timeline, they are yes. like in the past, the crown has been about criticizing the crown and bringing scrutiny to the crown, even if it pisses off the crown, because it was the past. Yep. And the past is over, and so. You know, that's just commentary on history, but when it becomes commentary on the current day, it sounds like they 
bitched out essentially yeah pretty much i mean i think that's also reason the reason why they ended it in 2005 because they're not brave enough to yes to continue and i think that's what was so confusing it's like why end on this note why end in 2005 and not keep on going Mm -hmm. but it's because they would have to unpack a lot of shit Mm -hmm. about that is not like it's it does not you know they have to put the the lens of scrutiny they've put on the rest of the series onto things happening now because it's the same shit happening over and over again what is so crazy to me is that it's this is what i feel and i know you're going to speak more to this but the creator refusing to read harry's book is allowing himself plausible deniability to yep. say, I don't have to think about this narrative in Harry's book, what he pull, he he draws out, the criticism, the scrutiny that he draws out, because, oh, well, I didn't read that. That wasn't one of my source source materials or yeah. whatever. And it's like, it's, it, it's a cop-out. Yeah, and I actually went back and read interviews with Peter Morgan where he discusses, like, why he decided to create this series. Mm-hmm. What, what did he envision? And, you know, his main purpose for creating The Crown was he was very fascinated because be, um, he also wrote, and I don't know if he directed, but he wrote the script for Frost Nixon. Okay. So he's very much about the dialogue, mm. the dynamic. And so he was always fascinated with the, the Queen's meetings with her, the different prime ministers that she had that, oh, yeah. throughout time. And he actually did wrote a play about that mm. of her like interacting and he like the ima- imagining what they would have talked about. So that was his kind of purpose. Like that was initially why he decided, oh, yeah, this would be interesting. That is fascinating. That is, you know. Yeah. And he also really strayed like there's obviously his history and like what is important to show and what can I show um versus what what can i take liberties on yes and you know his the when he talked about it you know he had a researcher for for the series but what got cut was you know when he was thinking about what to edit and everything his key points were if something doesn't move the plot along or reveal character character or tell us something relevant about britain at the time it doesn't have a place. Okay, so keep that in mind what? when, you go, when okay. I talk about what actually kept in. Because <laughs> you get to decide what do, what does those three things. Yeah. And that is how you shape a narrative. Okay. Also, <laughs> okay, so if it if you're revealing character, mm-hmm. you you may also be choosing not to show someone's character. Right, you're like omitting yes. key things. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Please tell me. What's funny is I broke this down into what happens in every episode, but I also broke it down to what they did go over and then what they didn't go yes! over. <laughs> A uh, thorough queen. The first episode of part two, which is technically part episode five of okay. the season, um, it's supposed to t- happen a couple weeks after Diana's death, after the funeral. Dang. At the end of part one, you're seeing 
Harry as this little boy walking behind his mother's coffin. No, that's so terrible. And William as a teenager. And then all of a sudden in part two, they're played by completely different uh, different actors, which, I mean, is not uncommon, but the actor that they got to play Harry, um, I don't think looks like Harry at all. And I think they very much were trying to portray, like, oh, Harry's a bad boy, and <laughs> okay. uh, we're going to show, and so I just want to show you. You guessed that, too, when you watched part one. You were like, I think this is where they're going to maybe go with him. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is what. <laughs> and we'll... Aww. Uh, they tried. Whew. They tried. Yeah, they tried. <laughs> I mean, and I think, you know, again, it's kind of like... He kind of looks like the boy, like Sid from Toy Story with red hair. <laughs> Do you yes. know what I mean? And I think what's really interesting is, like, they're always trying to, like, accurately depict, like, mm-hmm. the hairstyle, the, the, the clothes, at least. Yeah. The hairstyle that they chose for Harry didn't even match what his hair looked like during that time. Like, it's very yes. it's very flat and pushed down. Why and did it, they do that? Harry had, like, really pretty thick yep. hair. And he's got, like, really tight, flat yes. hair. Yes. And it, it just looks really ugly in the series. And I honestly think, you know, they very much were doing very subliminal messaging of he is a bad kid, you're not gonna like him. Yeah, like Here's like the- William's the beautiful, like he's the he's the heir, and Harry's like the weird little brother. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And like Ooh. you know, I think what the saddest thing uh, is about the like the first episode of or episode five is called mm. Will's Mania. Is it focuses solely on William's grief. And William grieving his mother's death. But nothing about Harry. Harry literally... Okay, and that's what's crazy to me. Because Harry writes chapters about how he deals with and doesn't deal with Diana's death. Yeah. And I just don't understand, like, being a storyteller and not digging into what is a, like, huge, like, I don't know, like, potential for... Yeah. Creation. Like, that's just such a creative well he just refused to look in. Well, and, you know, and you see William moping about and being all angsty and everything. Mm-hmm. The first scene that you see of Harry after after his mother's death is him laughing, wanting to try to drink. He's drinking. He's partying. He's, he's kind of just acts like... He's just like doesn't care, doesn't care at all. And does that, it does the show portray how the how Harry's reacting impacts William at all? No. Okay, that might make me feel a little bit better just because if they were also trying to be like, look at his shitty little brother and how it also hurts Will to see him yeah. like not care about their mother or something. No, but honestly, the way that. The way that everyone treats Harry in this year in the series in the show is almost like he is a nuisance. He is 
someone who is going to cause them a lot of trouble and that they're going to have to clean up and they're just annoyed with his presence. That's pretty much it. They're like, like aren't you supposed to just be organ donor? <laughs> um, Stop yeah. walking around and having a life. Pretty much. And like, even, um, you know, I think that that's the saddest thing is like, like, obviously, you know, William, that the only importance that that Harry has in the series is to um, <clears throat> to guide the William story along. Yeah. And you see Harry is loyal to William, but you see also he's jealous and resentful, which is also interesting mm-hmm. because when I went back and read Harry's book, you know, Harry doesn't really express any resentment towards his brother. Actually, he expresses the resentment that he feels from William mm-hmm. because like Harry gets to do things that William doesn't get to do. Yeah. And because he's less important. Yeah. He's not under as much pressure. Yeah. No, that's really imp- that's really interesting. It's like the opposite. Yeah, absolutely, and it and I thought that was interesting because you really see um, a lot of that resentment, um, and it's just building up all throughout part two. But you know, the the main thing that is important about the that first episode that focuses solely on William is that it continues his anger and his grief continues to build up where he ends up having this huge argument with uh his dad and he actually addresses and as you can tell they they're addressing to the entire audience what what everyone has thought about Mm -hmm. diana's death is that the royal family was to blame so they do bring that point up they do bring it up but they they also (laughs) bring up the fact that she didn't have any security that the royal family took that away. Um, I didn't know they would go there. Yeah, but this is, the way that they handle it is William is just expressing his anger and he's essentially yelling at his dad and showing his frustration about the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. basically, he's angry at his dad because his dad caused this Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, you know, um, you know that they that they took away the royal protection but the thing about this is that with everything that william says charles has a counterpoint and he you know basically they implies and he even says it's like took this from, from the episode this is what charles says your mother's death was a terrible tragedy tragedy one caused by one irresponsible man drinking too much and then getting behind the wheel of a car and driving too fast to escape from photographers, which you and I both know she often encouraged. <gasps> Ew! Yes. Yes. And what did Will say to that? Nothing. He was just like, you're right. It was her fault. Yeah. And good talk, Dad. <laughs> yeah, pretty Ew! much. And the thing is, like, um, <clears throat> when he even says, when he even, when William even says, like, like that the, the the she had no royal protection. Charles 
just responds and says, that was not my doing. I always said that she needed police protection. Yeah, it was your mom's doing. It yeah. was the queen's fault. But they don't, they basically, it's kind of like they're having this discussion. And and here's the thing that I noticed. This is a this is an ongoing thing with, uh, with season six, is that they they ask a lot of questions, but they don't let the viewer form their own opinion. They give you the answer. They like have present you with a reason. Yes. Yeah. And so like all of these, all all this back and forth, Charles has an answer for everything. So you leave that conversation ba- basically confirming that the royal family was not at, at fault at all. Again, because, it was this, this, and yeah, but not. it was a drunk driver. It was photographers that apparently she encouraged and they even go to the point where like William says like you know she wanted to be with you dad like she wanted to be with you she didn't want to be in Paris or whatever you know like she always loved you and that basically Charles was the reason that drove like Charles choices led to Diana's death yeah and you know his charles responses basically that the connection that her choices were made because of charles is a very is very unkind and it's a stretch that's very rude of you to yeah connect the dots exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah basically like how dare you and i think you know again like a lot of the reasoning why she was at that point or whatever was basically kind of washed away. Like everything that they discussed maybe in, in season four or, or season five. Yeah. Completely forgotten. Cause I thought that they were pretty explicit about Charles kind of sucking like yeah. many times. Oh, like, yeah. and so it's very interesting now that they're like, no, this is the guy who's telling us what we need to understand like we want to side with this guy who you guys have set up for seasons as kind of a dick like it's really weird here's the other thing about that (laughs) so um so uh charles actually met the um the creator of the show oh my god yeah the actual king charles well, at the time, he was still just Prince just Charles. Prince, yeah. That is so gross. Yeah, but here's the thing. And so it was um, it was at the, after the first, it was back in 2015. Okay. Um, Dang, that was almost 10 years ago now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really wild. And it's wild that the series has been on for that long. But basically, it, I think it was a, uh, it was after the first season, and um, Peter Morgan was receiving some kind of award, and Charles was giving it to him, handing it out to him. And so when he came up to get his award, Charles says, so you're a scriptwriter. Um, and Morgan replies, yes. And Charles is like, scriptwriting isn't so easy, is it? And he's like, yeah, sir. <laughs> He's like, I tend to think it's not what you leave in, but what you leave out that's most important. That's what Charles said to Peter Morgan. He's like, by the way, 
make Wait, sure you're leaving out the bad stuff. Yeah, pretty much about me. I mean, mm. and I, you would think that maybe it was just Charles, like, trying to have some kind of conversation as just he's handing out these awards. Cheeky or something. But it honestly feels that way because... After spending all of these seasons building up to, you know, you seeing the everything, the, the, the all the flaws from Charles. Mm-hmm. Now he's just, a, you know, a poor father, you know, single Aww. dad, struggling. <laughs> and Aww. he has to keep his... His love and hiding and all of this stuff. And it's just so hard being a single dad. Anyways, so, I mean, I think it is very telling. And it it does, you know, make you wonder, like, why why leave that? Why leave so much out? And why make it so... Instead of it being ambiguous and left open to interpretation, it's made very clear, like, Mm -hmm. what narrative they want you to take. Right. Well, not the reason that sounds so strange is if you've watched the rest of the show, which I've watched the whole rest of the show. This sounds so strange to me because they did. It was very, like, here is the story as it happened. We did as much research as possible. Google it, which I did (laughs) all the time. And, it, and they kind of leave it on the screen for you. And I, I do find it to be very interesting that you are saying that they're they're no longer doing that. It's just also a stylistic change. So it's like almost even more transparent that that's what they're doing because they hadn't done it before yeah. in that way. And I think that that's what's really interesting because I, you know, looking when I did research about like what is accurate and what wasn't about season six... I think there what what I've noticed from other people who have watched and reviewed um, the season, they've said that the writing is just really bad, <laughs> like pretty much like, and honestly going back and watching the previous seasons and then and then like think looking back at at season six mm-hmm. it's very accurate like it's just poor writing it's because all of the other writing in my opinion has been very bold yeah. like very in the face of the what the crown might think of the show i write it anyways and yeah. so if they if we're at a point now where they no longer have that boldness and instead are trying to i don't know bend around the 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 story Asked to not step on any toes. Well, that's not the same show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so it's just yeah. It it they very much make it clear and just a reminder, a refresher that the royal family had nothing to do with Diana's death. Just and, so you guys know. Yeah, <laughs> and they kind of like leave it at that. And okay. yeah, and so you know the the next episode really focuses on. Um, on Tony Blair, you know, and again, like there are overarching themes for this for this part, and one of the main ones is that they ask is, what is the point of the monarchy, and um, should there should the monarchy like be reformed in any way? Is it needed? Should it even exist? Exactly, <laughs> but of course, it answers these questions and. They use the story of Tony Blair, who was very 
he was very popular at that time. Mm-hmm. And even people thought more popular than the, the royal family because they thought he was, like, man of the people, kind of. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, they show Tony Blair uh, coming in and offering suggestions of ways to... Um, to modernize mm. the 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 royal institution, the the monarchy, uh, by removing um, <clears throat> physicians that are no longer important. Right. That, like there's someone who there's there's a role who of someone who like takes care of the swans, like Aww. the swan master. But at the when the <laughs> when it was written, it was actually like the swan person was supposed to be taking care of them to, to prep for meals. Because they right, they used to eat swans. Yeah. But now it's just like a cute, like, let's go make sure the swans are... The swans. I would love to be a swan master. And that then, like, fun. a napkin folder master. <laughs> like, there's all these roles, and he's like, maybe get rid of these roles. And the thing is, not, that didn't happen. Like, Tony Blair didn't come in and be like, let's modernize... Oh, okay. So they're just making stuff up. They're just, and I think it's again, uh, they're they're asking, they're trying to make it very clear that that the the royal fa- uh, family, the monarchy, does not need to be modernized in any way. We need the Swan Master. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we need all these things for tradition, for antiquity purposes. For, to preserve history and experience mm. because these skills are passed down. Obviously, they're passed <laughs> down through privilege, right. but they still should be passed down. It's like, okay, we know tradition um, can, uh, you know, can be harsh and cruel and unjust, but let's keep it going because yeah, it's well, important. A really large example of this is uh king charles or i can't it's gross in my mouth to call him that yeah but charles has been spending the money of dead british people right who had no will it goes automatically to the monarchy and that's like a tradition that's a traditional law that's a piece of legislation that has never been updated that allows charles to do that and i'm just sitting here thinking like how who could justify that by saying well it's tradition like Lisa yep. Swan Master is adorable like yeah <laughs> <laughs> no seriously and and again it's like you know it, they really lay it on thick of like we need to preserve this institution because this institution is important for some way and what they kind of get at is that. Um, there's a magic and mystery within this institution, and um, some when a trans transcendence of when when you enter it, you're entering it another world, and that needs to be preserved, and it's important, and um, you know everything else progresses and modernizes, but this is this is part of our history antiquity that needs to be preserved at all costs and you know so they basically ask that you know that they basically sort that out like that you and what is also very odd about part two even just season six in general is the queen is hardly in any of this episode. i was about to say where's our girl lizzie <laughs> yeah 
But like this is one where she takes a prominent role and um, you see her like doing assessments of her staff, of all of the different roles and positions and she ends up de like determining that, oh, this isn't um, like pomp and circumstance. This is, these are roles that need to be preserved um, and that are unique and we need to keep them and that's final like that's that um okay <laughs> yeah and you know again it's like uh, and it, it's hard it'd be interesting to talk to someone from from England to like really yeah. understand the only the only know person i know that I know that listen that I listen to or watch is John Oliver and we know how <laughs> he feels about yes, the <laughs> John Oliver has done things where he's like actually gone and asked people like, what, what is the, what does the monarchy mean to you? And a lot of people are like, they haven't done shit for me. Like, yeah. like why should I care about them? They just take my money. Like I don't have, uh, like we're paying taxes for them, you know, a hundred million pounds per year to have the life that they want while we don't have gas, while we don't have food or heat. Yeah. Yeah. I know that was a thing. And, um, you know, of course, the the whole, like, the royal family, they justify themselves, their existence, because they, even though they spend money, um, they bring in more money. And they state that they bring in $500 million a year, or a million pounds per year, um, in tourism. It's heavily disputed if that's well, actually also uh, they could accurate. all drop dead tomorrow yeah. and people are still gonna go over there and do tourism like they don't have to be there they don't we don't I don't we didn't go see the king or the yeah queen, you know like I saw the building you know like I you go to the museums yeah and I think that that's that's something that it's like you don't have to have the institution to still have the the reverence of the history of the history and, yes. and what existed because i mean we can like if you think about versailles you can go to versailles and like be in awe and know the history and know all you know mm -hmm. the the royalty that lived there but there isn't royalty there <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i mean that's what i mean is like most of the coolest stuff in london is the all the oldest stuff it's yeah. like uh, you're walking uh, in a walgreens parking lot to the the side is the part of the roman wall like it's incredible exactly and i think that's cooler than if i had run into king charles on the street oh yeah like i would i had way more fun with that like moment with the roman wall i think i'd be terrified <laughs> yeah i'd be like ew rolls. <laughs> um yeah, and I mean, you know, it's basically like, like John Oliver basically described them as uh, Mickey and Minnie at Disneyland. They're, oh. they're the mascots. But like, do you have to see the mascots to enjoy Disneyland? No. Like, and, you can avoid them. And I don't know a time that I've ever heard of, like, people getting to have, like, photo ops with the the queen you know yeah. like that's not a thing <laughs> well and and again it's like the whole like as you see throughout the series like the the crown you know the queen didn't want to take any any side 
because it was like she had to remain impartial. And it's like the more you remain in silence, the more it does harm, mm-hmm. like especially with that kind of influence. So it it I did think it was really interesting that they try they 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 basically formed all of that like all of those questions and everything that even outsiders um, have about like what's the point of the monarchy like they put it in this whole episode with you know Tony Blair and and the Queen and them asking these questions and modernizing and they're basically like no we don't need it goodbye <laughs> like we're done with this and I think the saddest part of this was at one point Tony Blair is giving a speech to the women's institution and but it's a bunch of women and most of them are like older women yeah and he's talking to them about just modernizing like thought ideas <laughs> just being progressive yeah being a being progressive <laughs> and like about what values we should keep and what values we should promote right and they start booing him <laughs> and like the the in 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 this in the episode then you see like the queen hearing about how they were how tony blair was booed by all these women and it gives this negative connotation, like, oh, yeah, like, his ideas are shit or whatever. But really, it's like, <laughs> it, it's like, okay, why show that part? It was very clear of, like, okay, this is another, like, stamp of, like, no, we don't need to change. We need to remain. Um, so it was very interesting what they cherry-picked for the, for the end of the show. Um, what an interest. Okay. Okay, so... <laughs> All that to say, whew, um, <laughs> episode seven. Dang. How many episodes in the season? Ten? Ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. So episode seven is about Will and Kate. I was wondering when Kate was going to show up. He, okay. So it starts off with a flashback to Diana. Oh my God. Because they can't let you leave her alone. <laughs> And it is during Christmas time. It was right before her, like the the year before her death. Um, and Kate apparently met Princess Diana. She did with William there, and like that's their first encounter. What? It was all fake. That was not accurate. Okay, I was she like, never... that doesn't seem like it's even possible. Yeah, she never met Diana. Because Diana died in 97, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, she would have been, like, 13 or Yeah. Something. Never met. They never met. Um, but um, it, it, you then see Kate kind of, like, obsessing over Will after meeting him or whatever. And her mom is kind of in, they, they do a disservice not only to Harry, but to Kate's mom. Because they make it seem that Kate's mom is very much, like, just trying to get, being, like, manipulative and conniving to get Kate and Will together. Dang. Kate wanted to go to a different school, but then she switched schools and made her go to St. Andrews, where William was going to be. During the gap, their gap year, she tried to schedule it where um, Kate tried to be in the same like location as Will at the same time 
Um, none of that happened. I was gonna say, do we know if that was true? No, that that's no, that, that wasn't true. But like, it's just I thought it was a weird take. So they really are cool with taking liberties. Yeah, with lots of stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> but then are acting like they're so precious about not overstepping the truth. That's what of is the so odd, and I think that that's, that's what so is very. It, it the show loses its credibility completely in the last season. Yeah. Because one where you saw there was a balance. You saw that they were trying to show both sides or trying to be fair. Or if they added something you it made sense to the greater truth of what they were showing. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Not with this. They're Dang. like they're like, fuck you, Kate's mom, <laughs> fuck you, Harry. <laughs> We're going to make y'all the villains. You guys, for no reason at all, y'all are the people that we hate now. Yep. Um, something that I thought was really interesting about this episode was that they made a point to show um, Will in Africa during his gap year, which I think was really funny just because I remember in Harry's book, Will used to always get very upset with with Harry. Um, anytime Harry tried to do anything to um, do something um, charitable like yeah. in, in Africa or do something to, because he was trying to continue his mother's work right. there, um, William would always get, like, basically be frustrated and be like, Africa's mine. Dang. You can't have Africa. Africa's mine. I basically I was there first, so you can't have it. You go support another country or another cause because Africa's my thing. Africa's a big place. I know, like, but like, like, like in Harry's book, he William actually says that Africa's mine. <laughs> like, ooh, and then, but so I just thought it was funny that of course they show. William in Africa. Well, because they're who are they acquiescing to? Obviously, yeah. it's Will, and obviously it's King Charles. Yeah, like that. These are not. These are not little like subtle nuanced no. winks. No, like, or, it's obviously what there's. It's obvious what they're doing. Also, yeah. a clarification: we do know Africa is a continent. Yes, okay. but like <laughs> that's very clear. What what William says, I'm, right. I'm like quoting directly. Like okay. Africa's mine. That's what he says. Mm. Um, so basically, the episode just shows William falling for Kate and um, basically pining after her the entire episode. Um, the order of how, like, they got together is very out of order. It shows, um, William trying to, like, interested in Kate, and then, um, he, he yells at someone trying to get his autograph, and that turns Kate off, and then she ends up getting a boyfriend, and he basically kind of pines after her while she has her boyfriend, and is really upset and almost thinks about leaving university because he's so distraught that, like, she's with someone else. And, and um, what, like, at the one of the one, few conversations that Harry has with William, one of the few conversations, dialogue that Harry actually has, is Harry trying to tell William not to quit university. And he basically says, Harry says, I know my job is to be the fuck up of this family. Don't you start too. Aww. 
school, <laughs> which uh, didn't happen, but um, oh, it's, man. you know, they're really laying on thick, like, Harry's the fuck up, just remember that, like, um, and he, it, he knows that's his job. Yeah, but really, like, Harry and, uh, Kate and William were friends, um, and Kate did date someone else, but William was dating other people. Like, they didn't actually start dating until until much later when they, like, later on in, in their school schooling when they, like, lived in the same... On-campus housing. Yeah, yeah. on-campus on housing. Um, and that's when they started dating. But, uh, you know, it's very clear, you know, they're trying to show... Make it dramatic. Yeah, make it dramatic, way. which I guess, whatever. You know... And basically, the end of that episode is like Kate texting William, uh, "Don't leave uni, like don't leave uni, Kate." Don't. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it sounds like they're running low on content because they refuse to look at the actual content. No, that is pretty much it. And I think that that is what's so sad is that there there was a lot that um, uh, obviously there's a lot that happened that. It, and that's what it was very interesting is that they don't even really have any of of Charles's other siblings in the ser- in part six. I mean, part in season six, part two. Mm-hmm. They they're pretty much non-existent. You see Anne briefly, but that's it. Well, and isn't one of them a pedophile? Yeah, who went to Epstein's island? Of course, they're not going to show that. But like they didn't even they didn't even show Fergie or anyone like no all of that was such a big deal yeah in the in the late nineties early two thousands like that was happening she got a like a divorce yeah and... they didn't show any of that that's they so didn't wild show when friends came to I know <laughs> when Chandler and Matt LeBlanc Joey were standing yeah. in the in, in their the map, map. <laughs> why not <laughs> no they didn't show any of that um. No, it, you know, so I thought that was that was really interesting. It was very clear they it's Fergie baby. Like that yeah. could have been a moment in the show where it shows how they actually did try to modernize, where yeah. they were playing around with like pop culture. Yeah. But instead, oh, that's just so strange. The what the choices are so strange. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, you're fine. Um, so episode eight is called Ritz and. It, fo- it focuses on the end of um, Margaret's life. Oh. Uh, yeah. Because she had multiple strokes leading up to her death in February of 2002. Um, she, and then also the death of, of their, their mom, of, Queen's, of Queen Elizabeth's mom. Um, so, but what was, was interesting is they decide to kind of show, like, like Margaret's life, um, but going back in time to a point when Margaret and Elizabeth, they were still very young. Their father was still alive. It was actually B-Day uh, right after World War II ended. Oh, wow. And um, they go back and show, like, what what their life was like before... Elizabeth had to take on that role. Right. And they... That sounds interesting. Yeah. And what was really interesting is Margaret keeps on making a point of trying to talk about 
this version of Elizabeth that only she knew. Mm. And she's trying to tell people who Elizabeth actually is so then people can recognize what like what Elizabeth had to sacrifice in mm-hmm. order to be queen. Mm-hmm. And but the thing is what they're showing is like like you see this flashback and it's it's victory day but it's basically Elizabeth dancing with a black man and like I guess that's supposed to be like oh ma- like okay. <laughs> So that's that's supposed to be the big thing, but like, like she was in love with someone else before she I met. I mean, they the, didn't even really talk about that. It was just like, look who, you, you, I know who you were. It's like, okay, she liked to party and dance. Is that what she gave up partying? <laughs> and she gave up the jitterbug. The j- yeah, like what? It, okay, uh, well, and the thing is, that's like. The way that the show has always portrayed it is that Margaret was the one yeah. who got the short end. Like, yeah. she had to give up her relationship. And that's what was so happiness. weird is, like, that, like, the whole episode talking about Margaret's death and it's Margaret talking about what Elizabeth had to sacrifice. And and then you're thinking, okay, what, what is going to happen? And it's just Elizabeth, Elizabeth dancing. And then she... Imagine not dancing. She danced with an American. (gasps) An American! And apparently kissed a man, but, like, none of that happened, so. (laughs) Like, why are they making stuff up? Yeah, and, like, that's what was so, I mean, I've seen so many, when I searched this, I saw so many searches of, like, did Elizabeth kiss a black man? Did did Elizabeth kiss an American? Did that actually happen? Because people were like, wait, what? Because they're so used to the show standing on business. Yeah. Like, they usually really are like, this happened, and then you look it up, and it's like, it did. <laughs> and now it's, this happened? And you look yeah. it up, and it's like, we're, we're. See, the royal family isn't racist. <laughs> like, Good Lord. Yeah, so. Oh, my God, because they stop before Harry ever meets Meghan. Yep. Because yep. they don't want to touch that with they a don't. 10-foot pole. They don't. Okay. <laughs> So it was just very weird because Woo! there is there is accounts of Margaret and Elizabeth going out on V-Day, but they went out like in public, like in, on at for a parade that was going on. Mm-hmm. There was nothing of them going to like some like speakeasy and dancing and drinking and you know. I guess we'll we wouldn't know. If we that wouldn't happens. know unless yeah we. But he wouldn't know either. Seriously. So, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. But, yeah, it, that's basically Margaret reminiscing of what who Elizabeth could have been and before she a died. Party girl. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, again, it was it was very odd that, that well, you're like, that's it. Like, after the span of the series mm-hmm. and seeing Margaret's full journey, uh, it was a very odd way to kind of yeah. end it. Yeah, especially because their relationship always seems so important. It's just like a weird, that's a weird way yeah. to end that part of the story. Um, so episode nine is, again, they bring up Diana and their focus on the investigation of Diana's death. The two year long investigation of Diana's death. They had an inquest in the early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, and you know, obviously... And then they also 
um, have a, an interview from Mohammed Al Fayed, mm-hmm. um, and basically the investigation, the way they just confirm like royal family had nothing to do with it. It's not their fault. <laughs> yes, uh, they're they're really stamping that home. Like they're like, yes, if there's anything you can take from this, this is it. Um, and then you know, um, it they kind of focuses on the golden jubilee um the and apparently elizabeth being nervous like that anyone would show up to her 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 jubilee she's the queen (laughs) yeah and at this point this episode really focuses on the relationship between elizabeth and william and you see that there's a closeness with that to them, like that apparently they had this some sort of connection, um, and that Elizabeth wanted William to be there because he uh, at the Golden Jubilee because he would like bring in a crowd, but then she decided not to, and then of course he showed up because he was trying to like show that he wanted to support his grandmother or whatever. So you see this like this this connection and of course like harry there's nothing with harry is he there um he's there in the in the background and this is when they kind of hint upon harry's drug addiction his god his his very serious drug addiction um so you know again is it's it's all it's it, it all is kind of just meh. It's, it's, there's not much to it um, that, you know, this is when you finally see, like, Will and Kate finally get together. So and this is finally... the second to last episode. Yeah, second to last. I wouldn't even know what to expect in the finale. Okay, so what what are your thoughts? What do you think will uh, happen? I mean, I assume it has to be William and Kate's wedding or, like, at least their engagement. No. That's what's really weird. Like, okay. Where are they going? So it ends 2005 and okay. you're just like what what happened in 2005? It was Camilla and Charles got married. Ew! That was not what I expected. Yeah. And I think that that's what was weird. It's like why end on that note? But it makes sense because now he's the king. <laughs> well, oh, and she ooh. Okay. <laughs> So, Camilla and Charles, uh, you know, focuses on them getting married, on Charles asking Elizabeth for, to, to, to marry, to marry Camilla. I'm like, can I do this? Um, <laughs> I put the family through hell about this. Can yeah, I just do it finally? This is the one time that you get to see Elizabeth interact with Harry, and... The one thing that she says to him is, shh. No! That's <laughs> so mean! Yeah, because apparently um, Elizabeth asked um, for asked Will and Harry first if they approved of, of, uh, of their father and Camilla getting married. Yeah. And when, when she asked them, Harry was trying to say something and then she just shushed him and was like, I want to talk. I want to hear from Will because they've ha- they have that dynamic because they show them like 
them bonding. Shush! Spare. Yeah. I want to hear from the actual boy, not the organ donors. Yeah. My God. Which is really sad because in... In in Harry's book, that never happened. Like mm, yeah. it never happened. Elizabeth never asked the boys first before giving Charles her permission. Yeah, it was very clear she didn't need to. She wasn't going to. She no. just gave it. And the boys didn't care. They were like, "Be yeah. happy, Dad." Like, yeah, basically. And so it just is really odd that they make it like Harry is the only one that is objecting to the wedding. But uh, but William is okay, and just William is the one that wants his dad to be happy. But Harry's annoyed. So yeah, I mean I, Harry was at that point wasn't even accepted. It wasn't even accepting that his mom had died yet. Like he hadn't even yeah. wrestled. He hadn't even really fully accepted it. I think in that point, at the in his book, he was still like. Oh, she's on holiday or whatever. Yeah, he, he still he still believed that she was like in hiding. Yeah, which was also really sad because you know, like going back and listening to Harry's book, you know, he he lost his best friend in a car accident in two thousand two, mm-hmm. and so it's just it's just thinking of like what he had to endure during that time and what he was trying to process. And there was no one there to give uh-uh. him any emotional support. The one person that did was gone. And oh, no. he was all alone. And he didn't have anyone. And um, he did drink and he did do drugs. But he didn't do it to the extent that the even the media at the time uh, yeah. made it out to believe. And that was mainly because, um, you know... At that time, Camilla was really trying to re- rehabilitate her image. Yeah. You know, Charles had done that previously. Um, but then Camilla, after Diana's death, really pushed. And she got her own spin doctor to, like, spin. Mm-hmm. And so she really pushed for any stories that were negative about Harry were yeah. sold. And, and so... Harry became the scapegoat. Yeah, pretty much for every story. Well, and he was he was self medicating because he was trying to push off being like like having to deal with like the very real trauma that like he didn't know how to to deal with. Yeah. And I'm just thinking as like a storyteller from the point of view of the creator of this show. The idea that you have a character, this is a true story, and you have a character, a major player in the story, who lost his mother tragically as a child, and then before he's even really processed and dealt with that, loses a best friend in the same way, and you don't do an episode about that? Yeah. I don't understand what this guy is up to. He's just ignoring so much potential. Absolutely. And I think that that's what's so sad. You know, the one thing that is said to even show Harry's side is um, Queen Elizabeth actually tells William, like, the the system protects number one. And she makes it clear that, like, maybe be kind to Harry Mm because the system protects number one. You know, and she knows and, what it did to Margaret. Yeah, and I mean that, but that's basically it. That's the only thing. And there's there's one point when 
Harry, um, Harry and Will e- eventually end up getting into a fight in the last season, in the last episode of the series. They oh great, the <laughs> yeah. last thing we see of the boys, and um, so you see that foreshadowing, you know, because we're taking it like that's that's well, Will true comes across the cabinets in the kitchen at Harry and that part of the book. I know, yeah, yeah. And so, like, but basically Harry is, is trying to say, like, the the media is trying to do to me what exactly what they did to our mother. And William just, you know, cast it aside, basically, like, you're crazy, which, of mm-hmm. course, everyone thought Diana was crazy. Mm-hmm. And, but they make it very much seen of, instead of Harry kind of being, like, desperate or pleading or you know humanizing Harry in any way he they make him come off as some kind of apathetic petulant child maybe like bitter yeah yeah just like he's more of just complaining than than actually have any under grasp any concept of what's what it's like what it's truly like you know he's just the party boy um, That's so annoying. Well, even if that was his take, even if he was just a bitter little complainer, he would have a lot of good reason <laughs> to get, be better yeah. and complain. Well, so, you know, what's so, okay, so what's really odd is this is the last episode of the series. Mm-hmm. They talk about Camilla and Charles, so they leave, they leave them on a happy note. And then... <laughs> And you see Will and Kate being in love. Leave them on a happy note. So it's really odd of what they decide to focus on, which is the costume. I knew you were going to say that! I was like, oh, they leave Harry in his Hitler costume? Yes, they leave him basically in his Hitler costume. Um, (laughs) And the way they tell it is very different from what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, they... Oh, my God decide to it's a costume party it's like colonials versus like natives or whatever oh my god that's the that's the party that's the theme of the party and where is this at university yeah and so um they uh they go to they go somewhere to like try to find a costume for harry and harry doesn't really care like in the series harry's all pumped up about it he's all excited Harry picks out the Nazi costume, mm-hmm. and uh, in the show, they decide to show Kate being like, I don't know, I don't know. No, 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 they encouraged him to get yes. it as a joke. Yeah. Yep. We read the book, we know what happened. <laughs> yeah, so oh my God. they make it very clear to, to be like, Kate is like, I don't think this is a good idea, and William... Kind of being like iffy, but being like, it's a joke, it's fine. They don't show how much they encourage Harry to pick that costume. Because in in the book, when Harry's talking about what happened, he had two costumes to choose from. This, like, British pilot costume or the, the Nazi costume. And they both, Will and Kate both said... The Nazi costume. That's hilarious. Like, pick that. And, you know... <laughs> the Holocaust. You know that really funny time in history? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Why do they even 
have a Nazi costume as an option at a costume store. I know. And that was the other thing is when this all blows up in their face, they also decide to show uh, Prince Philip calling the costume shop and being like, this is totally inaccurate. Like, uh, the German army would never be wearing a, like, uh, like, not uh, the Nazi flag at that time, or blah blah blah. Like it's and, like historically wrong. Yeah, it's historically, and they're and they oh think it's God. just comical. Like again, that's the only thing that Philip wow. has to contribute in 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 season six, <laughs> pretty much. I guess good. Yeah, <laughs> stay um, away. So it, it's just it's just so odd because and then of course when it all blows up, instead of showing the shame that Harry felt because mm. he was torn up about what happened they show harry just being a petulant child like apathetic about yeah, it yeah being all upset like well i like th- like just basically complaining about it and just being like and then having to clean up a, a pig pen which didn't happen like he went to a bunch of um he went to a rabbi to uh-huh. talk about it and and you know again they don't show any of that it's all about it's all about how annoyed he is having to do any re, like repair his image yeah oh my god okay and that's the end well basically there's one other big thing that happens in in part in the the last episode which is they are preparing to, to they're planning for uh, what Elizabeth's funeral should be. So she's having to think about her life and planning her death and her funeral and everything. Oh, yeah, I saw the three Elizabeths. Yeah. Okay, so that, so that was that's the thing that they did, is mm-hmm. they brought back. And and when she's, as she's reflecting on her her life and how old she is, in the, in the series, they show her considering abdicating the throne and giving it to Charles because Charles is in his prime and he's happy. He's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Of course, she never, she never considered giving it, giving the crown up and like... That we know of, I guess. (laughs) That anyone could know. But like, she, like, that was never something that she was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and step down for my son. Like, she was such a, um, a loyalist at heart that she was going to take the, like, that role to her grave. Yeah. And so it was Duty very... or whatever. Yeah. So you see her reflecting and questioning. And, of course, her the two previous... Her two previous selves uh, come back and basically sway her and tell her not to. Because it's a role that she has to play. Why is she always, like, hallucinating this season? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think the main reason why they brought back... The you know Claire Foy and Olivia Olivia yeah Olivia Coleman is I think the main reason why they brought them back was because they wanted to like saturate you in nostalgia yeah they wanted you to remind you of the not only the golden age of Elizabeth's reign Mm -hmm. but also the golden age of the crown yeah when the the show show was good (laughs) yeah and they're just like see it was good do you remember okay bye a lot of people were making jokes on twitter about how it looked like they the 50th anniversary episode of the doctor who when they had all 
three doctors there yeah. and they all had to push the button together. Yeah. I thought that was funny because I feel like that hinged on the same thing because I think Moffat had kind of run his course as yeah. showrunner and so he was like, well, I'll bring back 10 and I'll have this other guy in level 11 and it'll be great. <laughs> Yep, yep, and so, you know, it's just, it It really was like, okay, we're bringing these people back, so you remember, remember before we go. Okay, bye! <laughs> and, yeah, that's pretty much it, and I think, you know, that was the thing that was kind of annoying ending the, sh- ending the show, because you're just like, okay, what was the point, you know? How, why end it at this point? Why not continue? And if you're not willing to talk about all the parts of history, like, you're, like, you're you just want to end it before because before it gets tricky yeah and before people are like start questioning questioning more like what's the point that they (laughs) yeah if we get too close it'll become very obvious why it needs reform it needs yeah modernization or it needs to get out pretty much i'm so glad you watched it so i didn't have to and you delivered all that information to me. Um, well, yeah, I definitely don't recommend watching it. Um, not unless you just want to be annoyed and angry. Um, I'm glad you like went back and fact checked it. The fact checked it and like looked up resources, reread Harry's book, rewatched the whole series, so you don't even have recency bias. Like you have seen the whole show right up against the most recent seasons and know the stark difference yeah. in the fall of <laughs> of how good it was you know one of the main things that that they also did to harry is um they really um like made it seem like he had a much greater drug problem yeah and you know just so cheap yeah, so easy and they even were like the it was all Camilla's PR agent mm-hmm. that was doing it. And she very much was, it was very much, they wanted to show the image of Charles was not, is no longer the unfaithful husband. You know, he's going to be presented to the world as this single dad coping with a, a drug. A troubled son. Yeah. Know. Troubled son. Poor him. And that's how this, this show ends. And it's, that's so gross. Yeah. Because no one's like, why is that poor child so troubled? Yeah. What has that poor child been through? <laughs> or how no one, like, and the how fact neglected that, is he? The fact that he had to walk behind his mother's uh, coffin and was told not to cry okay. because they're not supposed to cry. Heads up, chins up. Yeah. Yeah. Who, like, how could, how could you force any child to do that? Like, I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm no, my yeah. mouth is agape right now. I know, I know what happened. So, yeah. We talked about it. It's still every time we focus on it too long, I get mad. So it's all, yeah. I mean, it it all ends on a high note for Will, Kate, and Charles and Camilla. And that's that. Any single any narrative that ends on a high note for Camilla, yeah. you know you're doing your job wrong. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. High note for them, low note for us. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So that's that. That is that.